Welcome to Between the Vines. My name is Kevin Martin. I am here with Kim Knappenberger. Um, she is part of the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program, which a lot of people here locally, I'm sure, know of Kim and have worked with Kim in the past, but this is her first time on the podcast. So if you're listening from somewhere else, this may be your first introduction to Kim. And one of the things that she helps us with is the Concord Vineyard Improvement Program. And by helps us, I mean she does it. So uh, at the very beginning, at the onset, I worked with Ag and Markets um, to really design the program in a way that Ag and Markets envisioned it, uh, for better or for worse, based on the state of the Concord market at the time. And um, what Kim has done is actually administered that program. So just for some history on the program, in case you had forgotten, uh, this is a $1.3 million program that Ag and Markets gave to essentially the Southern Tier and a couple of other counties. And it encompasses most of the Concord acreage in New York, other than a few important counties in the Finger Lakes, unfortunately. Um, and it was designed to remove excess Concord acreage from the region because in 2017, there was a, a severe surplus of Concord grapes. So um, one of the things we, we wanted to remind you of is that this was a multi-year project that started in 2018. And I just wanted to bring Kim on so she could give us an update uh, about where we're at and where we're headed. Right. Well, thanks for having me on, Kevin. I just, um, yeah. So I guess right now, um, like you said, it's the it's the southern tier in New York State plus Niagara and Erie counties. Um, and so in the Finger Lakes, that does include Skyler and Tompkins, um, and then all those along the border. So any of those can apply. We've had a couple from out there, so we've we have made a few trips out, and we have some pending right now too. Um, We've had 31 applicants to this point, um, which accounts for about almost 400 acres of Concord Vineyard that was either abandoned or just underproducing. Um, and about, um, so the average acreage for the applicants has been around like 13 acres, but it's been all the way from an acre, which is the smallest possible piece that you can apply for up to uh, you know, I didn't write down that number, but it's, <laughs> I guess the most we can have is about 33 acres, 33 to 36 acres, um, just because the cap on the reimbursement is $50,000. So, um, and, and that would be just if you're uh, removing the acreage. So there's the 50% of removal costs are reimbursed um, up to $1,500 an acre. Uh, if you decide to replant grapes, um, or pears or peaches or apples or, you know, any sort of commodity like that, um, it does reimburse 25% up to $1,500 an acre as well. Yeah. If, if you're listening to this and thinking, Hey, this is the first time I've heard of this, I'd actually be really interested in this. That's an important, I think, distinction that we've worked through with a lot of growers is when is replanting covered and when is it not? Because one of the important parts of the project is replanting is actually always required. So you're going to need to plant something after you remove the concords. Uh, I'm going to guess around 50% of our projects or something like that. Uh, and I'm going to let 
Kim clarify, have gone to something like hay or cover crops. And so in an instance like that, you wouldn't receive anything for replanting. You just have to do it. But if it's a specialty commodity that's a perennial, um, then you would start to receive funding at, for those planting costs. So so what Kim listed was was a bunch of different perennials that, that you could plant uh, that are specialty crops. So that's not an all-inclusive list, and there are other things you could do. And the one weird exception, because there was, was push for it, which is great for growers who are interested in it, which is not a perennial specialty crop at all, is solar power. So if, if, you're, if you're looking to trans, transition to community solar or even commercial solar sponsored by somebody else and it's a lease agreement, uh, this would help you remove the Concord vines to get it ready for that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not sure I'm going on the right path anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I guess just going on the solar that you had mentioned, and as long as the company itself is not paying to remove that, then this can be used to help get the, the vineyard out and ready. Right, yep. Right. Um, and you're right. Uh, um, I would say probably more than half of the land that's of the acreage that's been removed has been returned to something like um, hay or field crops or cover crops. And that's not reimbursed. But it does need to be done just so that the land can stay agricultural. That's very important. It's not um, right. supposed to go to some commercial or even, uh, you know, a personal like sell to a home or something. Yeah. And one of the goals of this project was was to prevent or to remove acreage that had been grapes a long, long time ago. Or, um, you know, you could envision where Concord grapes would get removed and then turned in, turned into woods. And if, if not enough of them were removed or terminated, then you'd have grapes, you know, growing up the trees. Specifically trying to avoid that for the IPM benefits. There was a lot of fear, I think, in 2017 that we were going to have two or 3,000 abandoned acres. And it was just going to become a nice sink for disease and insects and lots of horrible things. So to make sure that woods, especially sort of in brush woods that are not valuable with grapes in them, are not created by this project, we, we need to make sure that a cover crop or something is established to help protect against that, at least in the medium term. Right. And I guess one thing that I that I should bring up is that not all of our applicants, and in fact, probably a lot of them um, are not grape growers. Um, so there may be people that have inherited the property or, or bought some abandoned vineyard um, and maybe just, or maybe they're going to try it and then it didn't work out, whatever, um, but nothing has happened with it. So, so this has been a good way to help those in those instances to get the acreage removed so that it's not the IPM sink that you talked about. Right. Yeah. And one of the most interesting parts of the project so far, and I, I think I bring this up because so the, the deadline for applications is going to be it's tentatively set for October 15th, 2022. So I would I would work with that deadline as a hard deadline for now. But um, the nice thing about October is it's a lot easier to determine if a Concord grape is a Concord grape. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think when we thought of this project, we were thinking of all this acreage that had contracts that was canceled or National Grape Welches had a buyout program. So growers were sort of voluntarily canceling their contracts. That's what we were envisioning. We were, we were not really thinking it was going to be difficult to establish that a Concord was a Concord. But some of the acreage that got removed was 
um, acreage that had a contract that was canceled in the 1980s when uh, Taylor Wine um, was was going bankrupt and there was a transition where I think things were farmed for a little bit, but then the, but then finally they ceased really in the 1980s. So, you know, going into woods and finding it, it's kind of impressive. It didn't look like, oh, there's a grapevine growing up the tree so you can remove these woods. It looked like a, probably a third of the, or a half of the posts were still there. And, um, you know, you could still see where, where the row was hilled up and that, that they were still planted in rows, even though it was just about 40 years ago. So um, removing some of that acreage was really interesting. I never expected that to come out. So if, if you, you know, if you're in that group and you just, you've heard of VIP and you never thought that you had a vineyard, you might actually have one if you are interested in removing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, that was one of the really interesting things was just removing vineyards that maybe we didn't think of as vineyards when we sort of started this project. But somebody asked and we, we got an answer from Ag and Markets and that's what we do is um, it, because we do get weird questions like solar. Um, somebody asks a question and, and we, we figure out if we can make it work. Right. And then, um, well, you mentioned about going in the fall to make sure that it's Concord and even uh, in the 80s when the contracts were canceled, you said from Taylor, um, but there have been other places, there's just no paper trail of any kind of contract and we have nothing that can definitely point to that as being a, a Concord vineyard. So it is helpful that we can go out and taste them or smell them. <laughs> Some of them are kind of in rough shape. <laughs> I've not wanted to eat them, but <laughs> <laughs> then I guess you're really sure that that should come out. So, uh, so, you know, that's a good thing. Right. But I'm happy to come do that. So uh, definitely when that time of the year is, you know, we're, when we're there, I would love to come out and if people are interested and make sure that they are Concord. All right. So if, if you did want to apply, um, lergp.com is the website to apply. There's a bunch of different buttons on the front page. Um, at actually, right around the bottom of the page, depending on how big your screen is, it says Vineyard Improvement Program. So you click that button and you get to a description of the program, um, which, you know, you've already just heard because because you've listened to this podcast and there's a bunch of resources there so there's a sample budget because you'll need a budget to submit your application you'll need a business plan we, we're looking for one to two pages here uh, we don't need your business plan we need the business plan of the enterprise so you know if you have a a dairy farm that does six million dollars of business a year we don't need to know about the details of those finances. You don't need to get into an involved business plan with that. We just need to know that your dairy farm needs some food for its cows. And this is an asset that you're going to create for, uh, you know, dairy food production. So we just need the numbers based on the value of that field. Uh, one really common business plan is, you know, homeowners have uh, land that's in vineyard that's difficult to take care of. Um, and an abandoned vineyard is worth essentially the same as open land, less the cost of removing it. Uh, we, we do see land values depressed, even though a vineyard seems like an asset and it is an asset when it's abandoned and not worth anything, it's actually worth less uh, because 
even a grape grower would likely eventually remove it and replant. So um, the business plan is just essentially getting land, rural land ready for agriculture, making it more valuable than it would be otherwise. So those are the two sort of most common things that trip people up with a business plan is I don't even have a business. How can I have a business plan? Um, like in the case of the homeowner or the dairy farmer who is like, I have this gigantic business. I've never done a business plan. You know, yes, maybe you should, but for purposes of getting this application together, um, we're really looking at the enterprise of removing the vineyard and creating hopefully a productive five, 10, 33 acres, not doing an analysis of the entire dairy farm. Um, and to actually apply, it's it's uh, about the third or fourth link down on the left-hand side after you've clicked that button and it's the VIP application. Do it right online. Um, bunch of questions that should be easy to answer, but we can you can contact us and, um, and ask for help if you need help. And if you ha need help with the attachments, we can help with the attachments. So that's gonna be the budget and the um, and the uh, uh, business plan. The only other attachment you might need is there's a bunch of uh, questions that uh, could potentially make you, you ineligible for funding because it's state funding. And if you have an explanation for any of those, uh, you can attach an, att an attestation explaining it. Um, we haven't had any of those, but if you need help with it, we can definitely help. Most people uh, do not have a need to explain anything. They, they're just good to go. But if you do, uh, we're here to figure out what, what we can do for you. Um, and in the application, if you got lost down at the bottom, you can take another look at the sample business plan or the budget uh, to help you out there. And again, you can always contact us. Um, you know, one of the things I just wanted to mention is that this has been um, somewhat successful in the sense that we did get a lot of the areas that needed cleaning up, cleaned up. Um, like Kim said, we've we've got over 30 applicants that are in process and many of them, even if even if they've been in process for a while, have removed a lot of acreage. They're just reluctant to finalize because you only get paid once. So they're trying to make sure that the that the application is really done, that they're really done replanting or they don't want to remove more. Um, so we've we've done a really good job of cleaning up. The one thing that I think um, was great is that Ag and Markets, from a financial standpoint, with a you know with a one million dollar removal project, was obviously very supportive of the Concord industry. Uh, but it but um, you know I think one of my concerns was always removal of acreage makes a farm smaller. So except in the most extreme situations of an inability to get a contract, which usually resolves itself pretty quickly, but, or the poorest of the poor sites, usually um, we don't recommend that growers downsize. Now, what happened of course is, is I think growers don't always need a lesson in economics, they, they understand it. So what happened for the most part is that a lot of homeowners applied because they weren't in the great bit industry. So this was a great exit strategy. It wasn't so much a great downsizing strategy. We did have some success in diversification. So if for growers who find opportunities other than growing Concords, this was a great way to help them do something that they were probably hoping to do anyway. And maybe we're just a little bit short on financing. Um, 
But what did happen very quickly, I think it was something we all knew was going to happen. I don't think we knew how fast it was going to happen as the Concord Great Market recovered. Um, and not just recovered, but did what markets always do, you know, sort of the worse it is and the more terrible things are, um, the, the sharper and faster the recovery is often. So, you know, we overreacted, we got small, National Grape did a buyout. Uh, so contracts got reduced and they got reduced a lot in the other major growing areas. And so then all of a sudden there's a shortage of Concords. So, you know, it's difficult to remove Concords when there's a shortage of Concords. I do still continue to see some areas that have grapes that I am almost positive are Concords as I drive by um, that are definitely very abandoned and they tend to be poor sites. Um, often in areas that are not well known for Concord growing. So, you know, as we lose lots and lots of farmers and we consolidate the industry, uh, they don't want to drive six miles, 12 miles out of their way to this, this small farm. So that's what a lot of it is, is stuff that's far away from the core of the industry. And if those individuals hear about this program and are interested in it, I would encourage them to apply. Cause I think that's the one area where We've had some success, but there's definitely room for more. Those outlying areas where a long, long time ago used to be a major part of the grape growing region have not been for a long time. And some of that acreage clung on for an extra 50 or 60 years. And as we've consolidated, we're continuing to see sort of the core of the industry have denser and denser plantings. Um, you know, you go down to Route 20 and there's still planting that's happening here and there. But you go up on the other side of the escarpment where there was thousands of acres, they're continuing to decline and will, I assume, eventually be very close to zero. So so those those areas I would encourage to apply. If, apply. So if you know, I know a lot of those people aren't actually grape growers. So if you know who they are and they're your neighbors and you're listening to this, just let them know about the Vineyard Improvement Program and we will continue to promote it to the sort of public at large as we as we go on for this last year of active recruiting and hopefully get all our applications in by October 15th. Right. And I, you know, I guess I just wanted to um, also go over a little bit um, how how the whole thing works once you applied, um, because it is it is pretty painless. I guess I should say it's painless for me. I, I don't have to do the removal, <laughs> but <laughs> but once once we do receive an application, um, my my first the first thing that I do is usually make a map and just get that approved by the applicant uh, and then I'll come out and take a look at the site just to um, ensure that or make sure that it is a Concord vineyard that's still there um, take some pictures and throw them in in the file for them um, and then they're free to go ahead and start removing it however they want that can be um, that can be hired out by another company or a neighbor or you know whoever's got equipment to do it or it can be done by the owner of the land or applicant as long as, um, so if it's hired out, we would just need an invoice for what for the cost of that. Uh, and then if it's not hired out, then we ask that the applicants would just keep a log of the number of hours they spend doing each task. And uh, so the number of people that do the tasks and then equipment used so that we can assign a fair value to that. And, we, and then, um, at the end of the project, we kind of collect it all up and calculate what the reimbursement would be. Um, 
So, so that's just an important thing. I think sometimes it's kind of forgotten that we do, we do need that log um, and uh, to go back and try to figure it out later is harder. So definitely something that we encourage people to keep track of during the process. Right. And then, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to note that we, that the grant does allow for the reimbursement of sort of on-farm expenses, including unpaid labor, um, not even just paid labor, because both of those things are a little bit unusual in, in the grant process. Usually those things are not covered, but in allowing it, yes, it means you may need to actually track it so that we know what those hours are. Okay. Yep. And then, so then after, after the removal's done um, and whatever replant is done, so if it's a, a cornfield or, you know, or Christmas trees or whatever, it ends up going in there, um, I would come back and do another final site visit, just make sure all the vines are gone. They're not popping back up um, and, or a majority anyhow. <laughs> and uh, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, hard to kill sometimes, but um, just, you know, as much as we can possibly get them so they're not popping up. And uh, I do the final site visit, collect all the information. And once we have the final expenses taken care of and approved by everyone, we'll submit it. It takes about a month to get the money reimbursed. So it's a, we've got the process down. It's pretty straightforward. So you know, I do recommend if people are thinking about it to work on getting it in now because we're running out of time. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Right, I think thanks. that's all we have. Um, if, if you have questions about this program or anything you want to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you, uh, if you uh, want to continue to um, join the program, make sure that you have joined the program this year because uh, we are sending out, I think, one more reminder or we might be done with reminders. But um, the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program is supported by the individual counties that are members. So I just wanted to remind you to make sure you joined your county uh, cooperative extension and, and in doing so, the Lake Erie Regional Grape Program. Um, if so again, yeah, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Otherwise, we will we will see you next week. Thanks a lot.